Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439 439- 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at Yankee Tree Service, the licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's Thursday. It's December 1st, new month. Welcome to December, folks. Also, pot is now legal in Rhode Island. They opened the dispensaries early this morning. There's only a selected few. You can now purchase it, as they say, recreationally. So whatever term you want to use, pot, weed, cannabis, marijuana, it's all legal now. Welcome to McKees, Rhode Island, uh, where we have safe injection centers. How about Mayor Lorza is now giving out slave reparations to white people in Providence? I kid you not. Check out the story on the website, dipetro.com. Folks, up is down, down is, is up. Night is day, day is night, cats are dogs, dogs are cats. I mean, this is, it's not your imagination. None of it makes sense. You know why? Because none of it does make sense. So last night, they had the Christmas tree lighting ceremony. So Governor McKee's there with his family. And, uh, you know, I remember when um, recreational marijuana can now be legally sold in Rhode Island. So there's live music. They had live music in Warwick. There's traffic backed up. All the different dispensaries. Not a lot's going to get done today. Today is a... Uh, watch the number of people that call in sick. For those that are still working. <clears throat> but no, it is a party day in the Ocean State. No need to wait for 420 anymore. Charles really are coming up at 420. No more of that. Now it's they're just going to bake all day long. So in business is brisk. At now... I, you know, so many different elements, but I want to get to the Channel 12 story. The Christmas tree, Rhode Island uh, State House Christmas tree lighting interrupted by protesters. Now, many years ago, when I led a group of people, that was when Chafee wouldn't call it a Christmas tree, and we went. And we were widely criticized because of the fact that when he pushed the button, we broke into a rendition of old Christmas tree. But last night, some of these... Uh, housing homeless advocates interrupted these i think it was kids from uh, children from cranston east and uh and i don't see a lot of criticism there but i want to play this is the channel 12 story on it oh they just have the audio of it oh there's brandon who we interviewed the other night not really not that loud No tie for Governor McKay. There you go. Now, of course, they don't care about interrupting because it's all about them. What about the, uh, you could certainly make the argument that if those individuals were working, they wouldn't have time to be over there. 
protesting at the tree lighting ceremony. I, I don't know what the solution is. One thing we know is there will never be enough. No matter what happens, there will never be enough for as far as this quote. They, it's free housing. It's people who want free housing. We, what is happening? Everything is coming undone. Now, I also want to play this story that the media, they're kind of protecting the mother a little bit here. Channel 12 has it. Child inside last night has now faced a judge. Providence police say they responded to the call on Broad Street just after 9.30 last night and ended up finding the car and the child safe at the Omni Hotel. 12 News reporter Alexandra Leslie is outside Providence. Listen to this, folks. Where the suspect was arraigned twice today. Alex? Osvaldo Vasquez went back inside for a bail and probation hearing where a judge ordered him held without bail. That's a change from his first arraignment. Now, police say with the help of a bystander, they were able to track down Vasquez and the car that he's alleged to have stolen with that three-year-old inside. I tried, to, I tried to stop him. Ricky Saunders was leaving this liquor store on Broad Street Tuesday night when he saw a man jump into a car left running that didn't appear to be his and drive away. When I came out the store... Uh, the lady was in the lady walked by me in the store so when i turned to get in my car the car left so i said i know that lady just not walked by me that fast and she came out and threw her hands up that's when ricky made the decision to follow the car not knowing there was a lot more at stake than just a stolen vehicle and then we it was a pretty lengthy chase we jumped on six jumped on ten ricky says the chase eventually led them here to the omni hotel i lunged at him and he kind of got away from me. That's when Ricky discovered the child in the back seat and let the suspect run. Police say Vasquez hopped onto a ripped bus. They eventually nabbed him after another brief chase where he was found holding a hoverboard. Vasquez says police got the wrong guy. Your name, sir? Mr. Vasquez um, indicates to me that um, uh, and we're going to be doing an investigation. He was at the mall, Parkins uh, Place Mall, from early afternoon to about Folks, I want to come back to this is this liquor store. I initially thought it was in Washington Park. It's I was wrong because of the McDonald's. There's McDonald's in Washington Park, but there's a and there's a liquor store across the street. But there's a McDonald's. Um, this liquor store that this mother left the car running now left the car running. That's I I don't even feel safe driving around there at night, let alone leaving a car running with a three year old in the back. That's way down in on Broad Street. There is a McDonald's, but it's closer to the Burger King, across from the Dunkin' Donuts. There's always trouble at those Dunkin' Donuts. Some people shoot, shot and killed in the parking lot of the Dunkin' Donuts. It's about not even a mile from Crossroads. When you enter Broad Street right at Crossroads and you go, I'm going to say it's half a mile. The Burger King's on your left and then the liquor store's maybe, you know, it's a little bit farther down the left. That's where the, I, like, that, that, what is happening left the car running with a three-year-old inside so she could run in the liquor store. That should be the lead part of the story. Now, that's a real hero, the man that came out. I think his name Ricky. And he saw, wait a minute, there's no way she came out that fast. Think of that. He then abandoned what he does, was doing, going home, going wherever, and then is following this vehicle. Now, I would imagine that somebody then called the police, and then he alerts them on following them. So we'll see how that breaks out. But that that woman left the car run. What was so important? Three-year-old. I'll just leave the car running on Broad Street. Right in the heart of South Providence, basically, is what it is. That's where you leave the car running? Like, as I said, you really, I, you have to be on guard just driving through that area at night. Let alone leaving a running car. So, but folks, the big news, of course, so we, uh, hope goes to dope. Rhode Island now, I, I, I just don't understand what's happening, whether it be, if you want to read on DePetro.com, Mayor Lorza is now giving slave reparations to white people. I, does anyone have any idea what, what, what exactly does that mean? Why are we doing that? Well, a slave ship was in Newport in 1695. Fast forward to 2022. It was after George Floyd, that whole incident. I was at the press conference. He announced we're going to start giving out lepar- uh, reparations to black um, African-Americans who are Providence residents. And now somehow it's evolved where now white residents of the city can 
fill out a form or however they apply. I don't even know how they, they do it. It's ridiculous. But why are those people getting reparations? So now pot is legal. This is the McKee, Rhode Island. In downtown, you have the uh, Safe Injection Center. You want to test your heroin, fentanyl. The McKee people say, no, you, you can have a... You can have a heavy drug problem and still maintain and be, a, be, you know, be fine and function. We'll test it for you. Make sure you're shooting it up properly with a clean needle. Um, something else to watch. <clears throat> a lot of people aren't going to get this, but the Teamsters are going to uh, have four picket line go on strike against the Rhode Island School for Design. So I, I'm going to say I don't think that that would have been allowed and happened if Gina Raimondo was governor. But keep in mind, Governor McKee and Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, they walked the picket line with those striking union members. And that was just not long ago. That was back in October, September, October, when they walked the picket line. So I, I don't think these Teamsters, now that's, that's something to watch. They're not exactly quiet. Uh, when they when they're gonna form a picket line, you're gonna know there's a picket line. But I I have a feeling that was run up the up the the flag up the pole and and it didn't get any pushback from the top, which is interesting. Which also leads me to believe that maybe the head of RISD didn't donate to the McKee campaign, so now he's allowing organized labor to protest outside of the Rhode Island School for Design. So those kids can, they'll get an education. The kids at Brown or RISD are certainly getting an education, but now they're really going to get an education of who runs this place and who can be in charge and what can happen when certain people don't get their way. So that's all going to play out. So folks, the question is, is the, is the country moving forward? Is the state moving forward or backwards? I also want to mention that I think it's nice what's happening in Boston right now how Prince William and uh, Princess Kate are visiting Boston. They were at the Celtics game last night. They're getting nice crowds. They're going to attend in uh, some kind of award ceremony, environmental award ceremony. i never heard of such a thing. But anyhow, tomorrow night in Boston. And then today, boom, Meghan Markle drops these trailers for Netflix. No one knows what goes on behind closed doors. She, that That is just purposely mean. That is a purposely mean intended gesture it couldn't wait the netflix promos for this couldn't wait till saturday had to drop it while they're in boston boy i that what is so terrible about the way they're traveling they were applauded people uh were with them on the british airways jet that they arrived at logan everyone said they were absolutely delightful um uh, Governor-elect Healy sat with them at the Celtics game last night. They were also sitting with Celtics great Sat Sanders. And this is when Meghan Markle has to drop the the Netflix previews of whatever deal they have going. It's it's just she's just she's just crude. It's just there's no class there at all. What what a manipulator that one is. All right, folks, it's Thursday. We're going to talk with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, a lot more. Pot is legal right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401 885 4209. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. 
can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is uh, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He is our legal analyst. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, I'd like to start off, boy, that doesn't sound like good news for that former mayor of Fall River. <laughs> no. Um, his appeal was um, summarily rejected by the First Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, I think Judge Celia, um, one of the judges on the panel from Rhode Island, wrote the decision. Uh, I think his analogy was to say that Jay Zeal's appeal was all foam, no beer. So I thought that was a nice way to characterize it. Wow. Um, essentially, I think Jay Seal got a good trial. Um, yep. He had a few issues about some of the witnesses that came in. He had some concerns about kind of jumbling together the, the alleged criminal conduct regarding um, scamming people into investing in his app, his computer app, and the other thing he was doing, which was shaking down um, vendors who wanted to get into the marijuana business. Um, and I thought he might have had a point there because it's kind of two very odd things to be tried together. Um, it, it shows almost a uh, sociopathic pattern of using people, boldly lying to people. Apparently he was extraordinarily good at... Um, conning people into believing all of the uh, things he was telling them uh, about his app and about what it could do. And like many con artists, he had himself all the trappings of wealth. He had the fancy car and the nice suits and the fancy watch. And travel. Yep. Tra okay. he, he was <clears throat> living as if you would look at him and say, I want to get on the bandwagon with yeah. this guy because he's making it big. Look at him. Yep. He looks like a million bucks, but that's all part of the fraud. And um, so he's, he's staying in jail. He'll be in, I believe he got six years. He only surrendered to prison, I think in April. So he doesn't even have a year under his belt yet. Ooh. So um He's got nowhere to go but prison for the next six plus years. He might do a little less, but I mean, he was trying to stay out of prison during the entire time this appeal was pending. If I know your listeners will recall, John, I think his lawyers did a great job. They got him like seven continuances on his obligation to surrender to the prison. Um, yep. He kept staying out and staying out and staying out to, I think, the frustration of a lot of people who knew that or learned, I should say, learned that he was a real bad guy, more yeah. of a bad guy than they ever realized when they were voting him into office. But um, his appeal raised no issue to show that the judge abused his discretion on any of the legal issues before him. The judge made no errors that were reversible, you know, in terms of evidence that was admitted, evidence that was excluded, and the judge's interpretation of the law, um, the judge's jury instructions. Um, you know, these are the things that um, lawyers for the losing defendant will go through on appeal. Did the judge screw up the jury charge? Um, Let's go through all of the objections that the judge sustained and wouldn't let evidence that we wanted in. Let's look at all the times we objected to what the government wanted to do and the judge let their material in. You're looking for judicial error. You're looking to say the judge made such egregious mistakes that, uh, hey, appellate court, you've got to reverse here and send this back for a new trial because the trial judge, with all due respect, screwed up. Uh, so this reviewing court looked at all those issues, the jury instructions, his ruling on objections, um, his decisions on questions of fact, witnesses, etc., and found that uh, the judge gave JCL a good trial and that there was no reversible error. So in jail, he will sit. Hmm. Well, again, we're speaking with our legal analyst, it's attorney Tim Dodd. 
And Tim, um, staying with Massachusetts for a moment, we had the horrible situation with the car in Hingham that went into the Apple store. And boy, that didn't take fast. Uh, I mean, the guy's, I think he's still being held, very expensive bail, but um, already there's there's action in a lawsuit in that, but uh, I mean, civil action. I, I, I'm surprised only, normally you think it would take a little while, but what, what are we to make of this um, this almost immediate uh, legal action against Apple? Well, you know, um, lawyers, like anyone else, they like headlines. They like to get positive press. Um, if all of the victims of this case have not yet lawyered up, and I have no idea if they have or they have not, you know, this lawyer is making a big splash looking for $50 million. He's first out of the gates. You know, he, he gave some good talking points to the media. You know, that may create for, for his office a herd mentality of victims saying, well, this is our guy. Look, he was first out. He's, you know, he's a tough guy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's positive reinforcement for this lawyer's other closets. Oh, there's our guy kicking ass out there. And it could also be a useful tool from an advertising standpoint for new business. Those would be the cynical reasons. But beyond that, there's really little reason to wait. Um, I think everything this lawyer for this plaintiff, John, had to say made sense. Number one is the building with, you know, the store is surrounded by glass and then there's a parking lot. It would have been very easy to install, they call them bollards. Um, I would call them barriers. We see them around federal buildings. We see them around courthouses. They're like short embedded posts um, in the ground, which are, supposed to have the ability to stop a motor vehicle from ramming through and getting into a building. Now, the proof is in the pudding here because after this horrible accident, this Apple store did have these bollards installed. So now if you go by, there's these, you know, um, regularly placed posts which are supposed to be of such strength that it would keep a car from ramming through like this particular vehicle did. I'm not sure about mass. I'm sure it's the same as Rhode Island, but in Rhode Island, the evidence that these um, posts, let's call them, were put in after the fact would come into evidence at trial is what we call it's evidence of a subsequent remedial act. So subsequent to the accident, the people against whom you're claiming were negligent, they remedied the situation by installing these things, which could have very inexpensively been installed before. So that's something that lawyers can pitch to the jury. Ladies and gentlemen, for this small cost to put in these barriers and these posts, this entire crime, this entire, well, maybe it's a crime, but at least this accident could have been averted. It's a subsequent remedial act. The lawyer also did a very smart thing, which would be done as a standard course of conduct. The lawyer sued the driver, the guy that claims his foot got somehow stuck on the gas pedal, um, sued the Apple store because that's the um, business um, in which all of the victims were uh, shopping. They were business invitees. And the lawyer also... um, sued the um, shop, shopping plaza, if you will, where this happened. So, you know, for instance, let's assume something like this happened in a place we all know, like Garden City, right. and something like this, God forbid, happened that somebody drove a vehicle through any of the stores there. You'd sue the driver, you'd sue the store, and you'd also sue the shopping complex. So, as between Apple and this shopping complex where this Apple store was located, there'll be a fight between Apple and the landlord as to who had the responsibility and the foresight to have put these posts in long ago so that this type of thing couldn't happen. Um, In any event, John, this lawyer's um, injured plaintiff 
Um, sounds like he's got some pretty significant injuries. He's yeah. going to require several surgeries. Um, is it a $50 million case? Doubtful. I mean, that's, that's the number that gets you the headline if you want to right. get some notoriety. But it's a significant case, and this victim is going to be um, – he'll never get compensated enough for his injuries. No one ever is. But um, he'll get a substantial amount of money for what he's going through because there's some good pockets to pick here between Apple and a you know shopping plaza – uh, landlord, let's say. There'll be plenty of insurance money. There's money there. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company. 24-hour emergency service for over four generations they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe trusted oil delivery call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service matthews oil company 401-942-7500 we're speaking with our legal expert it's attorney tim dot Tim, I want to also just uh, take this moment. We, you know, we're talking quite a bit about the Rob Mack, Rob McClanahan case. And I fully recognize not everyone follows the news and trials and courts and so much as much as certainly uh, as much as we do. But if you could just lay out some people were surprised. People are already asking me, well, when is the trial? You know, is the trial coming up next month or now this just happened in November? And I was trying to explain it just in Rhode Island. We had that. It was March of 19 when Michael Marapisi is charged with killing his girlfriend, Lauren E.C., in the Edgewood section of Cranston. Now, we're about to enter 2023. That trial still has not taken place yet. But in regards to the Rob Mack case, uh, granted, it happened in, in Boston, these allegations of drugging someone's drink for the purpose of intercourse and then uh, rape. Um, if you would be so kind as just lay out between now and whenever whenever they go to trial, if there is a trial, but what exactly is the timeline going on that then would, in fact, you know, I, and again, whenever you think earliest might be, but some people are surprised when I say just how long this thing could take before it ever sees a courtroom, if it does see a courtroom. Well, he's been arrested. He has hired counsel. Um, at this stage of the game, the government has to provide to defense counsel. Um, they have to respond to what we would call a uh, pretrial discovery request. So the government is obligated to turn over to the defense all their witness statement, all their photographs, all their recordings, all their videos, um, police reports, whatever the government has they're obligated to turn over unless there's certain work project product exceptions, but typically they've got to turn over their investigative file. Uh, they can't have any secrets. Uh, they've got to disclose their case to the defense. The defense needs time to digest all this material, um, to look out to see what they can do for getting their own witnesses, to interview witnesses who might be identified within the um, discovery materials. Um, depending on the sophistication of the defense, they might be hiring experts to testify regarding this, you know, psychological stability of the alleged victim or complaining witnesses or corroborating witnesses. There's a lot, a lot of work that gets done. During this time, you know, the defense might have to subpoena documents, which may be resisted by the um, government. This happens all the time. These things all take time. A hearing might be scheduled today. 
a judge might say, okay, you've got 60 days co to comply with the material that the defense is look looking for. Well, you chewed up two months on the clock. Now you go back to court. Judge, there's still things that are missing. They're not giving us everything. The judge will give them more time to comply. So it's a process uh, that can seem like molasses to people who don't do this every day. Um, it's a long, slow process to make sure that you've got everything that you need to put on a um, robust defense for your client if the case is going to go to trial. While all that's going on, there will be periodic pretrial discussions that the prosecution and defense have with the judge. How's this case moving? How much more time do we need? When's this going to be ready for trial? How many witnesses are going to be? How many days is this going to try, be to try? What are the legal issues that we need to brief and have worked out before a trial ever starts? Um, there's many things that go into pretrial preparation before the show goes on and the you know sometimes the cameras are in the courtroom and now we got a jury in the box and we start taking testimony to, to get to your question if it took a year and a half for this case to get to trial i would say that's pretty swift if oh. in fact it's going to be a trial a year right. and a half two years easily yeah. easily into 24 right oh Thank sure you. absolutely yeah. And another question is in, in regards to this or maybe something else, um, someone else asked, what, what if more victims come forward? Is that added into this case as witnesses or would that have to be a separate case and, and potentially separate charges? Well, it, it depends on a jurisdictional, uh, the, the um, new people coming forward from the same jurisdiction. Um, if there was an allegation of a crime, did it happen in the same state or did the crime happen in a different state? Hmm. Those jurisdictional issues could require trials in different forums, like we saw with Harvey Weinstein. He had a trial in New York. Now he's on trial in California. Sure. Um, but if there were more victims, um, alleged victims from the same jurisdiction who come forward making complaints, and their complaints fall within the applicable statute of limitations, certainly the criminal information here could be amended to add more counts for more victims. And Tim Dodd, the, finally, the, the judge uh, told this defendant, uh, you know, he's, he has to remain in Rhode Island. He can go to Massachusetts, I guess, to meet for attorney and so forth. Um, what, 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 what would happen potentially if, in fact, either a that was violated or are there other stipulations when someone's uh out on bail I, I i thought for some reason they were also supposed to refrain from alcohol or things things of that nature maybe that's outdated well no, you can't necessarily do that uh depending on the nature of the crime there can be an obligation to surrender your weapons i'm not sure that would be part of this case um you know, if it was a DUI case with a death resulting, you might have to surrender your driver's license and not drive. Um, there could be um, limitations on your movement. For instance, this guy can, has to stay within the state of Rhode Island. Another typical um, requirement is that you surrender your passport. So obviously, so you can't skip town or skip the country and try to evade prosecution. Those would be the standard types of things. Um, others could be having a wrist bracelet, so they can. So you know, it's a GPS monitoring system. Um, those would be amongst the standard things that might be required while you're on bail. And how serious do they take it? Let's just say the court learned, you know, someone went to. I'm I'm just total hypothetical, but you know, went to Washington D.C. or went to Disney World or went to New York. What could be potential? Um, ramifications of that right to jail right wow. to jail huh. if, if you're on bail and you're told to stay in rhode island and that's the term that's the conditions of your release and they find you outside of the jurisdiction of rhode island doing whatever um and you're picked up through the monitor that you're not where you're supposed to be Typically, you would go right to jail. You don't have a right to go pitch that to a judge and say, judge, it was all a big mistake. Typically, you would be taken right to jail. 
and your ability to then get rebailed would be very, very difficult um, because now you've shown that you're not a trustworthy person despite all your promises and all the conditions that the court put on you. So if, to use your scenario, he was discovered doing that, his bail would be revoked and he would go to the can. So, Tim Dodd, before we break, that, that's something they take very seriously. Extremely. Yeah. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401 732 1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for wintertime. Call J Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401 732 1730. Licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or how small. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Call J. Perry Paving today. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and call 401-732-1730. Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. We're speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim Dodd, the, uh, boy, the fallout from January 6th continues. And Stuart Rhodes, he was riding high, coming cruising into D.C. with the Oath Keepers on January 6th. But, boy, they have uh, seemingly really lowered the boom on him and the Oath Keepers. Well, yes, and... You know, people would perhaps people who have some sympathy for the folks who are just um, engaged in what could be characterized, you know, by some as a peaceful protest. And obviously it wasn't so peaceful at other points in time. But your right to peacefully assemble and protest um, was legitimate. And I think anyone in authority would say that... um, we have a right to do that. Right. Now, Donald Trump said we're going to peacefully march to the Capitol and let yes. our voices be heard. So I think that those words um, were appropriate words. They were not inflammatory. He didn't say, let's go burn the building down and smash right. the doors down. He said, we're going to peacefully assemble, walk down to the Capitol, let our voices be heard. That's appropriate. Now, sure. The, the government, the DOJ, has been killing themselves trying to find some nexus between um, not what Donald Trump said from the microphone in front of the crowd, but was he or his people in contact with these Oath Keepers and other organizations plotting and planning in the days before the January 6th events? And I think they've come up empty to really... produce evidence that President Trump was in cahoots with these Oath Keepers and fellow travelers right. that he, you know, they can't show that he knew or encouraged them to do the stupid things that they did. You know, we would like to think many times that these people who breached the walls of the Capitol and went into the, through the doors that the Capitol security opened up for them we're all idiots like that guy walking around with the uh, Viking hat on. Yeah. But it wasn't that way. There were people there who had an agenda. Yeah. People like the Stuart Rhodes and Kelly Meggs and others from this group and others, they claim they were there, that if things got out of control, they would be the muscle, they would be the weapons, they would be the way to control what was going on. They wanted to help President Trump. They really, sure, they really helped him. But the stupidity of these people yeah, um, on the phone, texting, emailing, 
as yeah. we've said many times on your air, whatever <laughs> you put in a text That's or right. in an email or any sort of written communication, it's forever. It That's never right. goes away. Look at Hillary Clinton, not to yeah. diverge. She tried to bleach bit 30,000 uh, right. texts and the government was able to reproduce and recreate all of it. So when you put stuff in writing, it can come back to bite you real hard. Yeah. Now, Rhodes and Megs and the others, the main charge against them was the charge of uh, engaging in seditious conspiracy. Now, we've all heard what sedition is. And seditious conspiracy, to just give you the brief definition, is when two or more people conspire to overthrow, put down, or destroy by force the government of the United States. Now, looking at that clause, I don't think that's what was happening. But there's the next clause, or opposed by force, the authority thereof, or to prevent, hinder, prevent or hinder the execution of any law or delay the execution of any law. So what these people were mainly charged with and what the prosecution showed is that they had an agenda to hinder or delay the transfer of the presidency from President Trump to President Biden. And they attempted to hinder or delay the execution of the law, which on that day was to affirm the results of the Electoral College and have the Senate ratify the vote of the Electoral College. So they did conduct themselves and commit acts which would be violative of the seditious conspiracy um, statute. Now, it's very rarely used, but what happens with these defendants is, you know, they're trying to characterize themselves as a bunch of yahoos and bumpkins like that idiot with the Viking helmet on. But all of their emails, all of their planning, all of their texts and similar material shows what they were looking to do, saying, well, if we got to kill some people, we'll kill some people. If blood has to be spilled, we'll spill blood. Things of that nature. That shows an intent. Now, if they really didn't intend it, but, you know, you know, they were they were out there playing cops and robbers in their own mind. The things that they said and the way they conducted themselves um, made it a pretty straightforward prosecution. And all their protestations that you know we're just a bunch of boobs and bumpkins out there, you know, um, thinking we're doing something to help President Trump. That defense didn't work because of the volume of writings and texts, et cetera, that the government was able to show the jury that all these people were involved in. And um, at the end of the day, as to the main players, it wasn't difficult to prove. Now, just one last point. Um, Of the five defendants, two were found guilty of all the major charges, and three of them were acquitted on some or all of of the other counts against them although they were part of the group. So the media likes to say that um, Rhodes and Megs got rung up on these charges. They don't spend so much time talking about how the government failed to produce sufficient evidence to get a guilty verdict on the other defendants, um, in whole or in part, because that doesn't satisfy the narrative. Um, You know, we can look at this and say that Rhodes and Megs should have been found guilty, but we can also have a bit of a cynical eye in how the media pitches all this stuff. Yeah. Um, they, they crow about the government's successes, but they don't talk much about when the government fails to meet its burden. Tim Dodd, though, I, with the Oath Keepers, I, I think they even, uh, did they even bring, I think they had guns at the hotel and they were preparing they they legitimately thought like this, all right, this, so this is going to break into a civil war and we're going to be ready. They're not ready for anything. No, they oh. they struck me as the same kind of folks with all due respect to folks who engage in like civil war reenactments. They like yeah. to get out there and pretend they're soldiers. But uh, <laughs> it was just, again, foolishness. I mean, yeah. 
They brought it's, it on. Yes, it's all foolishness to to think that you know these guys were going to go in there and overthrow the government and keep President Trump in as president. Yeah, um, you'd have to be delusional to think that yeah. could have happened. Right, folks. Again, we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. You know, Tim, we um, Tim Dodd, we we talk about different defamation cases, but um, what, what are we to make of Trump ally Devin Nunes? Can he can go after? according to the judge. Now, that's it's not an easy bar, but this certainly seems to be one, one way on the package on the way to it. Um, yes. Before we get to Nunes, there's one Go more ahead. thing about the Oath Keepers. Yes. You know, all the defense counsel said, you know, um, the gov- we got a fair trial. The judge gave us a good trial. The government, you know, took, put, it, put us to our test and they delivered the evidence that was necessary. But all the defense counsel were grousing, saying, you know, it would have been a very different outcome, potentially, if we had gotten a change of venue, because they were all looking to get this case out of the D.C. um, courts and move it. Um, Because as we've seen, the government has been unusually successful in its prosecutions, um, putting these cases in front of D.C. juries. Um, you know, it's a it's a jurisdiction that I think votes over 90 percent Democrat. I mean, a lot of these cases that have involved anything to do with Trump or his associates, um, bang, guilty, yeah. <laughs> and guilty. I, I think that if these folks have any appellate issues, and I think they're not going to have much, uh, it could be this jurisdictional uh, request that they get a change of venue. But going to um, Devin Nunes, um, he's going to have the same difficulty that Sarah Palin had when she sued the New York Times. Because he's a public figure, just as she was a public figure, it's not enough to this say um, this person knew or should have known that what they were saying about me was false, or they said it with reckless disregard to whether or not it was true or false. Like the Sarah Palin case, Devin Nunes is going to have to show actual malice, okay? Which is more than just saying, in in this case, I'm sure your listeners know, but Rachel Maddow was casting aspersions at Devin Nunes because she was implying that Devin Nunes was having some sort of a relationship with a female Russian spy Right. And she said, you know, when a Russian spy gives you material, uh, you should turn that material over to the government. And if you don't, well, what's up with that? Well, she knew or should have known that Devin Nunes had, in fact, turned over the material he received from this Russian female spy to the government. He didn't hold it. And there's no real evidence that he was canoodling with her or anything like that, and that he did the right thing. She was a known Russian asset. Uh, she had been identified by the State Department. And when she handed him material, he gave it to the feds. Here you go. I got it from this woman. I don't want to have it in my possession. Do what you want with it. Rachel Maddow knew or should have known that what she was putting out on her TV show was false information. And although the judge hasn't ruled, he, he did say that Nunes' case, case can go to trial because Nunes has put forth facts that would suggest a plausible, alleged, actual malice. And actual malice is that Rachel Maddow had an intent, a specific intent right. through her words to harm Devin Nunes. Not that she made a mistake, not that she said it recklessly, but she intended to harm him. And if Nunes can show that she intended to harm him by making false statements about what he did and what his motives were, you know, he could get a significant financial award. He didn't sue Rachel Maddow. He sued um, primarily MSNBC and, you know, some of their um, Comcast affiliates, but, he could ring the bell in a way that um, um, 
Sarah Palin couldn't. If you recall in Sarah Palin's case, you had all these editors and reviewers saying, well, gee, I thought he was going to fix it. No, I thought she was going to fix That's it. That's right. And they all claimed it wasn't intentional. We were all just sloppy. We were all just negligent. We didn't, we didn't proof our copy that got into the paper carefully enough. This is different. This is Rachel Maddow looking into the camera saying things about Devin Nunes which weren't true. Now, she's going to say, well, I read what's on the teleprompter. I didn't know that was not true. I didn't mean to malign this guy. I didn't mean to cause him actual harm. So it's going to be that same subject, subjective state of mind that Rachel Maddow and her producers had, just like we had with this whole you know, editorial room at the New York Times. So he gets to go to trial, but I wouldn't hold my breath necessarily that he can win. It's a yeah. very difficult standard to meet. Folks, we're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, just two other uh, quick stories. One, what about this lawsuit against Kraft? Uh, <laughs> some of these I always find interesting. Claiming Now, they claim ready in three and a half minutes, and someone is saying the Velveeta shells and cheese, that that's false, that it's not ready in three and a half minutes. <sighs> You know, do I think she's going to get a monetary award? No, I don't. Um, You know, there has been, there have been cases like this where they say, you know, um, I don't know, made with, made with real strawberries or something. And then you find that it's just an artificial flavor, that there's no actual fruit in it. Um, that's false advertising, and cases like that do sometimes result in monetary awards. When Kraft says, ready in three and a half minutes, you know, this lady is saying, well, wait a minute. From the time I open the box and take out the ingredients and yeah. rip open the cheese uh, <laughs> powder and put the water in and stick it in the microwave, it's more than three and a half minutes. Well, ready in three and a half minutes. I guess if she wants to add the time when she leaves her house and drives to the market and comes back, it's not ready right. in three and a half minutes either. It's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. So what is the three and a half minutes referring to? If it's three and a half minutes from the time you stick it in the microwave and press the buttons, you know, maybe it is three and a half minutes. I don't know. I've never eaten the stuff. And not all microwaves are made equally. Some have higher settings, low settings, medium settings. Um, I don't know if there's a great variation in how long it takes different microwaves to nuke up a plate of this um, macaroni and cheese, but I, I don't think it's much of a case. Yeah. Folks, we're going to leave it at that. He is our, our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn.